1 Corinthians uh, chapter 15, verse 51. What we've been uh, looking at on Ask the Pastor, we've been looking at this for a few weeks now, and if you go to uh, 1 Corinthians 15, 51, we've been talking about some of the differences between the rapture of the church, the body of Christ, and the second coming. Because many times people talk about and use these terms interchangeably. One minute they might be saying, I'm looking for the rapture. Then another minute they'll say, I'm looking for the second coming. Then they use that phrase that the Lord first comes for his church and then he comes back with the church. And of course, then that allows them to believe and think of a pre-trib rapture. They're premillennialists, but then they put the church back here during the kingdom and of course, Again, we can talk about it, but our hope is not an earthly hope. We have a, a heavenly hope. So one of the other differences at the rapture of the church, the body of Christ, we will be resurrected immediately. I mean, this is what 1 Corinthians 15, 51, and verses following are about. At the second coming of Christ, so we talked about this last week and had a feeling that maybe I went, you know, too fast on this, trying to talk about 75 days in between the second coming of Christ and the establishment of the kingdom. We could talk about it, and I uh, have some slides that may help explain this. But if you go back and if you look on the screen, this is a very simple outline Keep in mind of the pre-tribulation rapture of the church, arrow up, arrow down, before the 70th week of Daniel. That's, of course, the tribulation period. Remember, in Daniel 9, when it talks about 70 weeks are determined upon thy people and thy holy city to bring in six things, and one of those six things is everlasting righteousness, and that's but well, we don't see the kingdom here, but that's the kingdom. Now, if you just focus on, on the rapture, notice here in 1 Corinthians 15, 51. We're not going to spend a whole lot of time on this, but here you have the rapture. You have the rapture, uh, the rapture resurrection. It's immediate. I mean, there, there's no question when you read 1 Corinthians 15, 51, Behold, I show you a mystery, a secret. We shall not all sleep, but we all shall be changed. Remember, at the first resurrection to life, according to the Lord Jesus Christ in John 5, those in the graves hear his voice. Those in the graves will come forth. They that have done good to the resurrection of life. This is two groups. This is 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. The dead in Christ, we who are alive, shall be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever uh, be with the Lord Jesus Christ. And you continue reading verse 52. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye... So you twinkle your eye how fast that is. It's, it's over. Just think about that for a moment, right? It's a glorious thought. And this is the Christian hope. In the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. And again, when you, and you do not need a theological dictionary... Just get a regular dictionary. You, you define those four words, and when you define those four words, you, you understand, understand the issue of 2 Corinthians chapter 4. The outward man perishes, the inward man is being renewed. There, there's death. Four words, corruptible, incorruption, mortal, immortality. 
So when this corruptible shall have put on the incorruption and the mortal shall put on immortality, then at that point, maybe sometime at a, a funeral service, the pastor or someone giving the message will say, our sister passed away, she was caught up to glory, and death was swallowed up in victory. That's not what this is saying. That's not what this verse is saying. It's not talking about when the individual, of course it is, of course, we know what 2 Corinthians 5, 6 through 8 talk about. But this verse of scripture is going to be fulfilled when? When we get our glorified bodies. When the Lord returns at that point. Verse 54 is saying, so when the corruptible shall put on the incorruption and this mortal, and again, those four words, corruptible, incorruption, mortal, immortality, shall put on the immortality, then at that point shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. Not until then. Yeah, yeah, we, under, we understand. Please don't get confused on this point. A believer passes, absent from the body, present with the Lord, absolutely. But this is talking upon that when the dead and we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air, at that point, death is swallowed up in victory. And I point this out, but the word immortality in verse 53 and the word immortality in verse 54, that specific Greek word only appears one other time in the whole Bible in the New Testament. And if you think about it, in verse 53 and 54, in these two verses of Scripture, it's used of believers. Believers. This mortal, subject to death, must put on immortality, which is not subject to death. And the only other time that, verse is, that word is used is what verse of Scripture? Does anyone know? Verse Timothy 6.16, where it's used of God. I mean, to me, you know, you think upon the fact that here's a word that appears three times, Two of the three, two-thirds of the time, it's talked about us, and one-third, it's, it's used in the context, obviously, of, of, of God. So then if you focus on the second coming of Christ, does anyone have a thought or a question on this? Because I don't, I don't want to assume you understand, and I'm, I know I'm probably talking a little bit fast, but the, the whole point is, if you go back to the, the statement, the rapture, the rapture resurrection occurs immediately. The Lord's going to return in a moment, in a twinkle of an eye. It's over. The dead bodies up. We who are alive and remain shall be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. And it's over in that split second. At the second coming of Christ, the first resurrection does not occur. At the second, at, specifically at the second coming of Christ. What, what is going on earth during, at the second coming of Christ? Armageddon, first of all, and that's, that's found in Revelation 19. So here, again, going back to the simplistic outline, again, this, this outline is a dispensational outline. If you're not a dispensationalist, you're not going to accept this. Because there are people who believe what? They believe Matthew 24 has already been historically fulfilled. They believe the book of Revelation is fulfilled. This is from a dispensational perspective and not necessarily a grace dispensational perspective because there are dispensationalists who would accept this outline because they're pre-tribulationists. They believe in the pre-tribulation rapture and they believe in the pre-millennial return of Christ. Pre-millennial return of Christ is before the millennial kingdom reign of Christ. Then if you just focus here on the second coming of Christ... 
It's the first resurrection. But again, it does not occur immediately at the second coming of Christ. Go back with me, if you will, to John chapter 5. And here, clearly, when you read verses 28 and 29, you, you understand, when we talk about rightly dividing the word of truth, you, you have to rightly divide the word of truth here. Because if you don't, you can ask any, a question. And we know that the Bible does not contradict itself. But if we believe in the pre-tribulation rapture of the church of Christ, occurring before the 70th week of Daniel, how can you have the rapture resurrection before you have the first resurrection, right? Because look here at verse number 28. Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming in which all they that are in the grave shall hear his voice and shall come forth. They that have done good to the resurrection of life and they that have done evil to the resurrection of damnation. The resurrection of life is, the, is what resurrection? It's the first resurrection, Right? Resurrection of damnation is the second resurrection. Now, what do we notice? What is missing when he talks about the first resurrection or the resurrection of life here in verse 29? No living people changed. You understand? It's all they that are graves. There, there's, no, there's no living person changed. So, so if someone says, well, this has got to be the rapture, how, rapture, resurrection, how can it be? It'd be missing a segment. If the, if the Lord would return now, we're alive. We're going to be caught away. This says, all they that are in the graves shall hear his voice. And, of course, we pointed this out before. When you read John 5, 28 and 29, you don't know any time difference between these two resurrections, right? If someone were to ask you, based on John 5 alone, Based on John 5, 28 and 29, is there a time differential between the first and second resurrection? And your answer would be, I don't know. Because nothing is said here. But when you go over, and I'm not going to turn there right now, but if we need to, we can. But if you go over to Revelation 20, now you see what? A separation of time, and you see really a separation of a thousand years, because here is the first resurrection. This line here would be the kingdom, and the second resurrection is here, and the second resurrection is of damnation, and that would equal itself to being raised to be judged at the great white throne judgment. So here there is no time element, but I have in the book of Revelation, who is also, the book of Revelation was also written by God through John, over in Revelation 20, there is a time differential between these two. And if you go back with me to Matthew chapter number 8 for a moment. So this, this is a difference. And, you know, people can say, well, you're trying to... No, no, I'm trying to understand God's word and understand that there's a difference between the rapture of the church, the body of Christ, and the second coming of Christ. They're not one in the same, and we as members of the body of Christ are not looking for the second coming of Christ. We're looking for the, the rapture. Matthew chapter 8, and when you read Matthew 8, beginning here in verse 5 and down through verse 13, but particularly as you read verse 11 through verse 13, it will make a whole lot of sense again. And we, we talked a couple weeks ago about like the, the parable of the wheat and tares, the, the days of Noah, the parable of the dragnet. What was consistent? 
There, there's a group, there's a separation made. The reapers are the angels. And there's a separation made and the evil or the tares are taken immediately and they're cast into hell and the good was left behind because they're going to shine forth where? In the kingdom of their, in the kingdom of their father. And if you look, that, that, I mean, I know this line, is, here's the kingdom. They're going to be left behind because where are they going? They're going into the kingdom. And when they go into the kingdom, what kind of body are they going to have if those, those who are alive at the second coming of Christ, what kind of body are they going to have? Their earthly body. But if here, part of the first resurrection, they're going to be raised to go into the kingdom, so they're going to have a, a resurrected body. Matthew chapter 8, beginning in verse 5, when Jesus was entered into Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion beseeching him. And a centurion is in charge of what? 100 soldiers. And so he came and he's beseeching him, saying, Lord, my servant lieth home sick of palsy, grievously tormented. Jesus said, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that thou should come under my roof, but you just speak a word and my servant shall be healed. I know you can do it. And then he says, I'm a man under authority, having soldiers unto me. And I say to this man, you go. What does he do? If I go and ask this guy to go and run down to local McDonald's and buy a Big Mac, what's this guy going to do? He's not going to question him. If I say go, he goes. And to another come and he comes. And to my servant do this and he doeth it. And when Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to them that followed, Verily I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel, because this man who is a Roman centurion, he's a Gentile. And according to the word of God, again, you know, the, the, there's a lot of people who think that Christ went throughout the whole known world preaching. He went only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But in Matthew, the book of Matthew, we have the record of him talking to two Gentiles, a Roman centurion and the over in Matthew 15, the Syrophoenician woman, right? Because his ministry was not to the Gentiles. I'm only sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But he said, I've not seen great faith, no, not of Israel. Why did this man have faith? Because this man knew that Christ had authority, that he could do this, and he didn't have to go into the house to do it. He could just do it from where he was standing right now, just command the disease to leave, and it would go. And I say unto you that many, listen to this verse of scripture, that many shall come from the east and west, and you're going to sit down with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. And Abraham and Isaac and Jacob today, where are they? They're dead. But they're going to be what? They're going to be raised. When are they going to be raised? They're not going to be raised with us. Again, as a dispensationalist, and some people, you know, I know there are some songs, and some people think, you know, when we get raised, we're going to see Moses and all that. <laughs> to me, there's a difference. And where are they going to be raised? Right here. First resurrection. And many of you are going to come out of the east and west because there's two groups here. You who are the children of the kingdom, you're going to be left behind. You're the wheat. You're going into the kingdom. And Abraham and Isaac and Jacob are going to be raised to go into the kingdom. But the children of the kingdom shall be cast out in the outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Because just because I'm a Jew, right? Tribe, you know, I can say what tribe I'm from and I'm a child of Abraham doesn't mean I'm going into the kingdom. You've got to do the works of the Father. And you see that as well 
earlier in the book of Matthew, chapter number 7 as well. Verse number 22 says, uh, Matthew 7, 22, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name and in thy name have cast out devils, thy name done uh, wonderful works? And then will I profess unto them, say, I never knew you, depart from me, ye that work iniquity. So again, there is going to be a separation made. But my point is the first resurrection does not occur immediately upon the second coming of Christ because of the second coming of Christ, it is judgment here on earth. And what is he dealing with? He is dealing with the battle of Armageddon. Now, if you go back to Daniel chapter 12, and we talked a little bit about this last week, and I felt that maybe you didn't, couldn't see the math that I was um, giving you, so... I have um, a diagram. We know, based on the Word of God, based on Daniel chapter number 9, 70 weeks, 77s are determined upon Daniel's people in Daniel's city. 69 weeks have been fulfilled, but there is one future week, and we call that the um, tribulation. We call that the tribulation period, the 70th week of Daniel. One week in, in Daniel's prophecy, one week equals seven years, right? And it's based upon a prophetic calendar, not our calendar. Prophetic calendar had, what, 360 days per year. And we know that when you go into the book of Daniel, it talks about times, times, dividing of times. Time, singular, times is plural, that's two, and dividing a time is a half a time. So two plus one is three plus a, is three and a half. And they may use other words to describe three and a half. And then you go over to the book of Revelation. And the book of Revelation talks about what? 1,260 days or 42 months. And what you have to ask yourself is, where, where is this verse of scripture talking about in the tribulation? Because on the screen, the tribulation period, you can see, it's two 1260 days, right? And the line here is, and please don't, you know, I was very good in art, so, and, and I don't know if that's exactly half, but this is supposed to be the uh, midpoint of the tribulation period. And there's a lot that goes on. Of course, arrow down is, a, is the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Then in Daniel, and we could read this beginning here in verse number, um, well, verse number seven. He says, and I heard the man clothed in linen, and he was upon the waters of the river, and he held up his right hand and his left hand to heaven. And he swore by him that liveth forever that it shall be a time, times, and a half. There's three and a half. And when it shall be accomplished to scatter the power of the holy people, all these things shall be uh, finished. And I heard, but I understood not. And I said, O oh my Lord, what shall be the end of these things? And he said, Go thy way, Daniel, for thy words are closed up and sealed to the time of the end. Time of the end is, again, prophetic dealing with the end of the tribulation. Many shall be purified and made white and tried, but the wicked shall do wickedly, and none of the wicked shall understand, but the wise shall understand. From the time that the daily sacrifice shall be taken away. And remember, what happens during the midpoint of the tribulation? The Antichrist goes into the rebuilt temple of Jerusalem and says, I'm God, and he's going to take away what? The daily sacrifices, right? 
and the abomination that makes a desolate set up, there shall be 1,290 days. Blessed is he that waiteth and cometh to 1,335 days. So some feel, and, and, and I should clarify, some feel that that 30 days is talking upon at the end of the tribulation period. I think it more like this, personally. And that is, this dot is Daniel, and he's looking back this way, and he talks upon 1,290 days. I, I believe that there's a lot that goes on in the middle part of the week. What are a few things that happens at the midpoint of the week? Do you remember? The mark of the beast goes out. Michael and his angels fight. And I... Well, the covenant is broken. The Antichrist appears in the temple of God, and when he appears in the temple of God, he takes away the daily sacrifices. And then he makes the temple the abomination of desolation, and that's what Christ quotes in Matthew 24. Anything else? Well, yeah, the, the, yeah, the Antichrist is going to be assassinated, yet he's going to rise up, and he's seen as a beast coming out of the bottomless pit. So to me... There's a lot that goes down. So yes, we would say that the midpoint has to be day 1260, but I think it's, it's like Daniel is here looking back. Here is day 1290, and I think that there's this time in, in there that is the midpart, also the midpart of the tribulation, if, if that makes sense. And then when you come over here to read verse number 12, Blessed is he that waiteth and cometh to day 1,335. Because what he's doing is kind of like this. Here is, so from the midpoint of the tribulation over is 1260. If you add 1260 and 75, you come up to what? 1,335. So to me, and again, you know, just think about this, that the millennial kingdom will begin in day 1,335, 75 days after the second coming of Christ. So during those 70, so somewhere during those 75 days, to make a long uh, story short, I guess, somewhere during those 75 days of the second coming of Christ, he is going to deal with the battle of Armageddon and then sometime after that is what? The first resurrection. That's where Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Daniel and others are going to be raised up because they're, they're going to go into the kingdom. And those who have survived through, if you go back, those who survived here um, through the tribulation period and they endure to the end, what's going to happen to them? They're, they're going into, they're, they're, they're the children of the kingdom. They're the wheat. They were left behind at the second coming of Christ. Remember what Matthew 24 talked about in the days of Noah. Two are walking, one's taken, one's left. And so many people want to say, that sounds like the rapture. That's not the rapture. The person who is taken is the exact opposite of the rapture because at the rapture it's the believers who are taken and it's the unsaved who are left behind because they're going into the tribulation period at the second coming of Christ it is the unsaved who are taken and they're taken in judgment because they're, they're, go, they're going to hell because they're not going into the kingdom and the, the wheat 
are left behind to shine forth in the kingdom of their father because they're going in, they're going straight into the millennial kingdom reign of Christ. And I think that's why Daniel says, blessed and holy is he that waiteth and cometh today 1,305 and 30 days because there is, there is a difference of some 75 days 1260 minus uh, 1335 minus 1260, that's where you get those 75 days. And I believe that during those 75 days, there, there's a lot that goes on. Sa Satan is, is, is bound. The Antichrist and the false prophet are, are cast immediately in the lake of fire. They become the first two occupants. And then you're going to have the first resurrection. And then you're going to have the issue of those who were alive, who were left behind because they're believers. And they're going to slide into and they're going to enter into ultimately the millennial kingdom reign of the Lord Jesus Christ. Does that make somewhat of sense? So the, the point... And, and, and this point of difference was to point out that at the, the rapture, we're, we're immediately changed. We're going to receive our glorified bodies. These earthly bodies, these bodies of humiliation are going to be changed and fashioned like the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's immediate. That, that, that's 1 Corinthians 15 and that's uh, 1 Thessalonians 4 with Philippians chapter 3. It's, it's going to be immediate. At the second coming of Christ, the first resurrection, the first resurrection does not occur immediately at the second coming of Christ. It can't. Because then you would have Abraham and Isaac being raised and you have the battle of Armageddon going on. You have a lot of things that are, that are occurring and I believe that it, there's a time difference and to me, when you understand this in Daniel chapter 12, verse 13, that you understand that the millennial kingdom, just like when, when the, the rapture occurs, the rapture occurred uh, tonight at 8 o'clock, and you're, you know, two minutes or so away. I shouldn't have told you, but two minutes away from 8 o'clock. The tribulation period does not begin at 8.01, Right? People, you know, think that it's going to begin right away. No, it's not. The Anna, what begins it when the Antichrist signs a peace covenant with the nation of Israel. So there's going to be a, a time lapse. And I'm not talking of thousands of years or anything like that, but there's going to be, or hundreds of years, there's going to be a time difference. Well, there's a time difference between the end of the tribulation period and the beginning of the kingdom. And to me, that is a difference. And when you understand right division, then you understand the difference between the rapture, resurrection, our hope, our blessed hope, and what the Lord taught is the first resurrection of life, the resurrection of the just, and that is those people are raised because they are going to enter into the kingdom because that was what their hope was. They were part of God's prophetic program. They're not a part of God's mystery program, the church, the body of Christ. So we'll continue uh, looking at this. And we do have, I mean, there is a handout. We're not going to cover all the absolute differences, but there, there's quite a few. And, and like I said, what the issue is, people want to, and, and good intending people who are dispensationals who love the Lord, but they, they will use the phraseology, the second coming and the rapture interchangeably, and they need to understand there's an absolute difference. Let's just look to the Lord in a word of prayer. Then our eternal God, as we come before you, we thank you again for Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you, God, for all that he means to us, and we just pray, God, for your continued guidance and direction 
Uh, God, we give you the honor, the glory, and the praise in Christ Jesus' name. Amen.